Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater, and every week we gather around this table, talk about things that maybe you're going through, because we all go through life. And I had the privilege of getting to know someone that God just dropped in my lap. And her name is Allison Harrison. And there was a reason that God put her in my path. And you know when that happens, right? God absolutely orchestrates everything. So it's by no accident that Allison came into our life and I asked her to be a guest today. Allison wrote a book uh, about losing her son, but then I was here with her at a moment in time when she had to say goodbye to her husband. And Allison, if anybody has gone through grief and has come out on the other side of it, it's you, sweet girl. And I know this might be a tough time, but I know I know that you have wisdom, pearls to share. And so would you help me welcome Allison Harrison? Thanks, sweetheart, for being here. Thanks, Luann. I'm really thrilled to be able to use my pain for good because I've always believed that's what it's all about, is just turning a a sad situation into a a glorifying God situation. Well, sweetheart, I know that John 16, 22 says, now is the time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice. No one will take away your joy. And when I look at you, Missy, (laughs) I see joy. I see joy. And it comes from way down inside. It radiates through your eyes. You can't help but see that there's something different. And we don't grieve like the rest of the world. And so I'd love for you to share a little bit about some moments, like you said, the way you got through losing Adam and the way you got through losing Patrick. Those are intense moments in life when grief is... um, around you at every turn and you can't get away from it and yet I see the joy I see the joy so will you share what that means how you how you handle one day at a time well first of all my joy is because even though Adam died 35 years ago my husband only died two weeks ago my joy is because I know I'm going to see them again. Mm. That's, that's his promise to us. And if I didn't have that hope, it would be a whole different story. And when Adam got sick, he nailed a peanut on his second birthday. And in the world's eyes, it was a terrible, terrible, tragic accident. And I'm not saying it wasn't. It was horrible. But we knew, we knew that God had allowed it for a reason, 
and any time I could use it for good to glorify God in the situation, I just trusted him with it and it turned out to be such a time of me being close to God. I never was afraid of anything those six and a half years. And the morning that God took Adam home, we did, we rejoiced. We rejoiced. He was done suffering. So that's kind of a, a, the nutshell. I mean, it sounds simplistic. It's not simplistic, but it is. It really is. And, and all you have to do is, is open God's word, his love letter to us. And he tells us that. He loves us. He allows situations to happen, but all things work together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And if you believe that, then you got to stand on that promise when you hit a hard time. When Pat got sick in January, I just, I just called out to God again and all I could pray for two months was, I trust you. I trust you. Day and night, I trust you. Well, that is sometimes easier to say than to actually do. You know, we're fix-it people, aren't we? When you look at our life, we are always trying to make things better for our kids, for our grandkids, for our friends. And when something tragic happens and we can't fix it, we have a choice to trust or to keep trying to fix something that is absolutely out of our control, and that will drive you crazy. And I see the way that some folks grieve, and they don't have that trust, and they don't have that hope. And yet, you and I do, but it's not saying that it's simple. I lost a brother and parents and almost lost my husband. And there are times when you, all you can say is, Jesus, all you can say is, you know, that's all I could pray when Dwight was in the hospital. You know, you know, I, I, I didn't have words. And so when you are Going through this right now, I've seen so many people rally around you and so many people hear and see what a difference there is in the way someone that believes handles this and someone who doesn't. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes say silly things and this is one of those. And really it was exciting. It was exciting. It was, uh, I read a book um, right after I became a believer in my late teens. It was a book by Corey Ten Boom. Love her. I know. And, and when she asked her dad, you know, is God going to take care of us? Is he going to take care of us tomorrow? And the dad said, you get that ticket right before you get on the train. And I that was that has been my mantra the last eight weeks and every day everyone that came into my house and we had lots of people coming in to see Pat and to comfort me and bring us food and it's quite overwhelming and every day I'd say to Pat we're getting another ticket today it's just what we needed 
and my son was here visiting and I was sharing that with him and I said honey we get that ticket right before we get on the train no sooner Mm -hmm. just when we need it Mm -hmm. God provides it really takes a lot of anxiety out of a horrible situation because it was horrible. I'm, I'm not sugarcoating that, but, but he gave us that ticket, and that was such a blessing. One of the things that I noticed at the memorial service for your husband was the number of believers and non-believers that were there, and they saw something different in your life, and they heard the hope that that your family has because of your belief and i can't help but think that in those moments that pat would have been so tickled that his his message got through even in his memorial service so As we live our lives day in and day out, and we all know that we're going to go through grief. None of us get out of this alive, right? We're all going someday, and our kids are going, and our, our loved ones are going. So what is your best advice for someone who maybe is, they just got the doctor's message that it's not good? or they just buried their loved one. What is your message to them that hold on and, and, and what? How do you keep going day in and day out? Well, I have two different situations. Um, when Adam died, it was, it, was the same, it was the same message of, you know, Glory, hallelujah, Adam's whole. Um, but it was, it was different in that um, we worked hard for six years to try to make him better. We worked really hard. And, and so we were doing this kind of this uh, dance, you know. You know, God, we trust you with Adam. We trust you. You know, we had we had people coming in our house day and night, you know, claiming healing over Adam and and I knew God was gonna heal him. I had no doubt the minute Adam took his last breath, he was healed. Mm. And and that was that was uh I guess the thing that I emphasized the most after Adam died was God healed him. He kept his promise. And Adam died on his appointed day to die. Nothing was going to keep me from keeping him alive longer or less. I had total peace about that the whole six and a half years of his illness. That uh, the day that he died was the day that God had appointed him to die. And I shared that with everyone because I had this just this um, overwhelming desire to use everything to glorify God. It's, it, and I'm not a goody two-shoes. I'm not a holier-than-thou person. But I know what I know. And I knew that about Adam's, Adam's passing. With Pat, it was different right from day one. I, I prayed with him. Pat was a, a quiet believer, but I encouraged him every day with just 
you know, Pat, God has got this. God has got this. He's not going to let go of you. He has not let go of you so far. And and so we shared that with everybody, his golfing buddies, his Harley buddies. You know, we just joined our church in January, and and that was a week before his diagnosis. We knew, we knew that God had us. He had us. That was, it was very simple. He had us. And he, and he has me now. Sunday, I went to church with my grandson and, and his wife and their baby. And I was having real anxiety on the way there. And I said, Luke, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm so, I'm just so stunned by all of this. And, and he looked at me in his wonderful 27-year-old self. And he said, Grandma, God has never let you down. Why would you think he's going to do that now? Mm. And... Um, so that's my message. And that I shared it today with some girls that I had lunch with. That's my message. God's not going to let us down. He promises that. But it's our job to talk to Him, to read His Word, and to remember those promises. Hide them in your heart so that when those times come, you've got them there. You don't have to search. You don't have to go to somebody else. You've got His Word hidden in your heart. Well, that is key. I think uh, two things that I know uh, I've learned from you and I've learned about you is that you do know God's Word and you've written things down because you had all the notes when you finally decided to write the book about Adam. You had details and you knew what happened and when and who was involved. And I think when you're going through the grieving process, those two things are key to get on the other side of it, to read God's word and not just read it, but know it, learn it. You know, John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So when you, when you remember those promises... Then when you're having that moment of feeling like I can't take another step and you felt that from time to time, but that and then writing down the things that were happening on a daily basis, not only helps you get it out, but it helps you reflect and look back and see where God did come through for you. So tell me about that journey. I mean, you, your your book is, I, I read it all in one night because I just couldn't put it down. I wanted to, I wanted to see how it all came out. And you have a lot of detail in there. So tell me about that journey. I don't have the greatest memory, so I need to write things down. And I need to review and read a couple of times before I remember things. And... Uh, and I, I never was a journaler because I always had this scary feeling that, you know, people are going to read my journals after I died and then they're going to really know me and they wouldn't like me. <laughs> and um, the, the amazing thing is when you go through something like this, one of the benefits, one of the kind of the side benefits is that you realize how many people love you and then you realize that gee maybe I am lovable 
Because sometimes, we, you know, I think as women, women in my generation, maybe in particular, we maybe didn't always have the best feeling of love and and acceptance and security. And I didn't grow up in a home where God was a part of it. Um, so I was always trying to um, perform and, you know, and then I quickly realized I couldn't perform and so it was easier just to be a bad kid mm -hmm. so you know I went through a time when Adam first got sick that I just said almost daily well I'm getting what I deserve I'm finally getting what I deserve mm. and it took a really long time from that Adam Adam you know and he inhaled the peanut on his second birthday and died when he was eight and a half so it was a long long time of uh of healing and you know looking to God but you know I I feel like um, I know I failed a lot during those times but it's failing <laughs> it's when we fail that we we lean on God mm -hmm. you know if we if we've got it all together and we have all the answers and we feel like we've made it we don't really have that need for God. Mm -hmm. And God just showed me in so many little ways, just big ways too, how much he loved us during that time. He, he My mom was on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ in California in the prison ministry when Adam um, was uh, suffered his brain injury. And they graciously transferred her to Wisconsin where we were living where she could start the prison ministry in Wisconsin and be there for me. Mm. And it was just such a blessing, just especially for my other kids. You know, God provided every everything we needed. And uh, I just feel like that's uh, those kinds of things you have to write down mm. or you forget. Mm. You have to write those down. You have to write down the bigs and the littles. I think that your journal, call it that or not, you wrote down some things that ended up being a help for other people that might be going through similar circumstances. I mean, anytime we grieve and anytime we go through things, we need to know that there is a light at the end of that misery. And because you wrote it down and because you saw God's hand, maybe you didn't see it right then, but you saw God's hand in retrospect. You look and said, wow, look at that. And if you're with us around the table today, guess what? He's doing the same in your life. He sees you and he knows what you're going through and he knows the pain. And maybe right now you felt like throwing your hands up in the air and saying, I surrender, I give up. I've been there. I know Allison has been there. But I want you to hear this. God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he has a plan for your life. You know, it's really cool, I think, that my husband and I came here to Florida and we did not know Patrick and Allison but God placed us right next door to them to rent from them 
and then all of this happened. And I think that you were kind of wondering, what's next, God? What's next? My kids are grown. My husband has gone. Now what? And Allison, there's purpose. Always, as long as we breathe, there's purpose. And you agreeing to be on here with me tells me that God is not done using your story. And I'll tell you, when I told my story years ago, my pastor said the same thing. Now that you've said it, God's going to open more doors for you to say it again and again and again. So don't be afraid. So how do you feel about your purpose now? I know it's only been two weeks, but girl, you've touched so many, including me. Well, it's interesting because um, I woke up this morning. It was my first morning alone. And um, I hadn't read my devotional from yesterday, which was my birthday. So I thought, okay, I'm going to read yesterday's devotional. And it ended by saying, you have purpose. Get out of bed and and use your day with your neighbors to glorify God. I promise you, I'll show it to you after this. I laid in my bed because I really was going to wallow for a couple of hours this morning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, shed a few tears and, you know, kind of prepare my happy face for for the day. And then feel guilty because I had my happy face on and, you know, all this stuff. But um, I know that... I know that there are so many women out there that have suffered, that have suffered the loss, maybe the loss of a child, which is like no other, I can tell you that. And then to lose my husband, I know there are women. I see them every day. I have two friends that lost their husbands six years ago, and they are still grieving. They have no hope. And... I know, I, I know God has prepared me through our friendship for this time. I, I know that it's, it's really kind of, uh, it's kind of exciting that he would trust me with this next, this next journey. And I just know that it's really going to be a good one. And uh, my prayer every morning since Pat died was, God, Please clear out the garbage, clear out the nonsense. Just speak through me today so that I can glorify you. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I'm starting a new decade. I'm starting a new position in life, and I, I want it to count, and I know it's going to. I have this hope. And that's the message of the day. That's what I want you to hear. That's what I want you to cling to this week. You may be feeling like we all have, unloved or grieving, or like you're doing it all wrong, you're not. God has a purpose and a plan for your life, so I want you to hang on. And your assignment this week is to start writing down the big things and the little things, and to put His Word into your mind, in memory, so that when those hard times come, you'll have something to lean on. Hey, and may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. 
Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Luann, I'm so excited about the new Encouragement Cafe website. We've got devotions on there. We've got past radio shows on there you can listen to. We have Bible studies taking place on there. There's so many ways to get a dose of encouragement from the website. So I'm excited to send people to check it out. I am too. And you know, you can always see where we're going to be next. We have events happening all over the country. Check it out. EncouragementCafe.com. Dot com.